From Phoenix to London. From L.A. to around the world. This is The Ticket. All sports, all the time, with your boys, former NFL Philadelphia Eagle, Ray Ellis, and Fan Man. Your number one fan-oriented sports talk leader, Voice America Sports. Hey, 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 there's that music again. It's that time of the year. It's that time of the day. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network with the number one co-host in the world someplace else. Fan Man. Fan Man. Fan Man, where the hell are you? I'm in California there, Ray. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm sunning myself down in the beach. Man, in the beach, you know, you know, that must have been a pretty good contract you negotiated, man. How'd you work that out? I negotiated a great contract with Voice American Management. I, I now live at the beach and, and broadcast from the beach. I have my little hut here, and I have my umbrella, and I have my uh, girls serving me my, my booze and food. Hey, hey. Uh, my palapa, yes. I'm, hey. I'm fine and set. Thank you very much. So is, is Brett right next to you? Yeah, he's right beside me. I called him up. He flew in this morning in Newport Beach, and we're hanging out talking about his future. So he retired, and you just renegotiated? Yeah. Yeah. That's how it works. Yeah. That's life, man. Easy, I can't... Man, I can't wait till it's time for me to renegotiate my contract. But in the meantime, I think I just I have a show I have to do, and uh, I'm glad you can join us, fan man. For those of you who like to call us, you can reach us at 866-472-5788. Again, that number is 866-472-5788. And, hey, fan man, hey, uh, you know, Brett decided to hang it up. What do you think about that? Oh, you know what? I think it was about time. You know, he, I think he, he didn't want to go for another another year. And uh, after 17 years, that's a long time, Ray, as you well know. You played for eight. And yeah, but another, look, I mean, but... He nine he, years on top of that. And, you know, I guess getting beat up and looking out for the Packers for the organization and moving forward uh, for the Packers, I think that was a good move. And, uh, you know, he's... Uh, I guess he, gets, he just got tired. Yeah, you know what? It, it, he must have gotten tired because... Uh, you know, you look at the way he played this year, and, and I mean, he played some of the best football he's ever played in his entire career, and they came so close, you know, but it's just so hard. There's nothing to guarantee that you're going to get back to the same place of which you were this year, you know, and, and have that opportunity, you know, to play in a championship game and then almost, you know, get to a Super Bowl. So, you know, the, the accumulation of all those hits and all that time away from your family and, you know, and missing things in life that you just get, don't get a chance to, you know, to see those things happen again. Mm -hmm. um, I guess he just decided it was time. Well, I think he gave it his best shot this uh, last year, last season, and they almost got there. And I think that after that, he just he just said, "Hey, I, I just can't do this another year. I I, I just can't do it." And you so, know what? After a while, being getting beat up like that for all those years and injuries and his family, like you just said, I think uh, I think it was a great move for him and the Packers. Myself. So, so where do you think he goes down in history? Is he the best quarterback to ever play the game? Um, no, I don't think he's the best quarterback, but he's one of the top five. Uh, I, I would agree with that. You know, I, I don't necessarily think that he is, you know, the best. You know me, I always say it's the rings, you know, and whoever has the rings, you know, certainly they, uh, you know, they have the reason to claim to be the best, and he probably would never claim to be the best, but uh, we know that Joe Montana is certainly, you know, probably at the top of that list. Mm -hmm. uh, but, uh, you know, there's no doubt about it. You know, Troy's up there, too. I think Troy won a couple Super Bowls himself, you know. But I, I think Brett definitely gave the people their money's worth. This last year he put in – you know, as much effort as anybody could possibly do, you know, under those circumstances and the elements of which they played in, you know, up there in Green Bay for so many years. I'm just surprised. I mean, that just tells you what he thought about the Green Bay Packers, that he never tried to get out of Green Bay and go anyplace else. I mean, he's a guy from Mississippi, uh, and I don't think he, he ever tried to go to a warm climate. I think he was happy with the tradition. He was happy with the fans. The fans loved him. 
you know, it never was a love-hate thing. I mean, he did go through some things, uh, you know, throughout his career where nowadays, I mean, players go through some of those things, and I don't think the league is as, as tolerant as they used to be. Uh, but Brett had a few off-the-field problems himself. Yeah, sure. I, I, you know, I think it's a good move for him, and I also think it's a very good move for the Packers to move forward with a younger player to get reestablished and, and, and move forward. But, uh, hey, the best to uh, Brett Farr. Brett, it was, uh, it, was a, it was great watching you play, and it was a lot of great memories for, I think, the fans in Green Bay and, of course, all the fans in the NFL. Yeah, Brett Favre, you know, one of the greatest quarterbacks of, uh, of all time to play uh, football in the National Football League and any other league that was out there. He certainly gave uh, the fans their money's worth. And uh, it's, going to be, it's going to be difficult because uh, I don't believe that the Green Bay Packers have a pick until, you know, the very end of the, of, of the round, of, of that first round. I think it's like the 30th pick. So it's going to be difficult for them to fill that position. Although there are a couple quarterbacks out there that perhaps maybe those are some large shoes to fill, but they can right. certainly try to fill those shoes. You know, he, you know, he's 38, 38-year-old, three-time MVP, set you know several league records, including most career touchdown passes in one of his most successful seasons last year. And uh, basically, uh, his agent uh, said the quarterback, you know, Brett told him on Monday night, that's it. You know, nobody pushed him out the door. He just decided to uh, to go. And, well, the- uh, you know. Well, there's a kid out there at uh, Boston College, you know, uh, you know, Matt Ryan. And, you know, one thing about it, the Miami Dolphins have that, uh, that first pick of the draft. Uh, and uh, we know the Tuna's been very active in, in free agency. And I would be interested to see uh, if he'd be willing to give, you know, give up that pick uh, to Green Bay in a trade for, you know, some future draft choices and, uh, and to take their spot. That, that'll make interesting for uh, the first pick of the draft. We're doing some trivia here. You know, his uh, NFL debut was with the Atlanta Falcons, October 27th and 91, versus the L.A. Rams. Uh, and then he went to the Packers. They, he was traded to the Packers on February 10th, 92, for the 17th overall pick in the 92 draft. I wonder who that was. Oh, they selected uh, uh, Kevin Smith. Who's Kevin Smith? <laughs> He's certainly he not Brett Favre. We know that. Uh, whoever yeah. he is. And, and uh, you know, no disrespect to him, because anybody who gets an opportunity to play the National Football League, you know, uh, they obviously are, are very good football players, you know, but still there's only so many Brett Favre's out there. And, and, and to, to have somebody who would be considered, you know, and I think at this time, uh, you know, if you look at that quarterback position, and I think, you know, the only one that I think perhaps maybe that people are considering uh, in terms of what's in the draft right now who could, uh, you know, possibly do that. But the kid out of, I don't know, the kid out of Louisville, uh, you know, I don't, I just, I don't know if I would want to be the quarterback that would be chosen as a successor to Brett Favre. Well, that's what happened with uh, the quarterback with Jake, Jake the Snake Plumber when he when he replaced um, uh, John Elway in Denver. And it's kind of kind of tough to deal with from the fans. And the yeah, when they, I mean, when there's, there's a guy who you know he's going to the Hall of Fame, and when he's been in in that position for so long, I mean, mm-hmm. when you think about about the Green Bay Packers, you think of all you know all the great ones uh, you know that have ever played for the Green Bay Packers, including Bart Starr. You know, so that, that's one thing about it. You know, when you, th- when you think about Brett Favre, Brett, now I'm not going to say he, he made people forget about who Bart Starr was, was and, there, and there obviously was uh, a gap there between those two careers, but mm-hmm. certainly there was always the comparison there about, you know, great Green Bay Packer quarterback, you know, Bart Starr and what Bart Starr was able to do with that franchise. And, you know, Brett Favre has left them in um, a pretty good condition. I mean, this is a team that they don't need a whole lot of components to go to that next game. 
Well, Ray, you know, Favre led the Packers to a 35-21 victory over the uh, Patriots, uh, one of our favorite teams in the Super Bowl. That was 31, the team's first championship in 29 years. And then he returned to the Super Bowl the following season, but they lost to the Broncos 31-24. So he took the, he took the Green Bay Packers to uh, two uh, Super Bowls, yeah. and he uh, set a lot of records. And um, basically he started, you know, I didn't know this, he started 253 games, a record for NFL quarterbacks, including playoff games. Yeah, so, I, um, I, I, I remember... I remember when Brett won that uh, Super Bowl, he and a, a good friend of mine, and God bless his soul, he and uh, Reggie White got a chance to win a Super Bowl together, and it was uh, amazing seeing both of them come through in the clutch uh, when they needed to. So, uh, you know, it's just, uh, I'm just, just happy, you know, somebody who, to play the game with the passion that, that he played it with. Uh, happy to know that he can go out on his own terms. Happy to know that he can go out. He's healthy. Happy to know he can go out with a Super Bowl ring and happy to know that everybody really appreciates what he's done for the game. So, uh, Brett, good luck to you and your family. God bless you. Stay healthy. Have a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, who knows? Uh, we'll see what happens with the Packers next year. But I'll tell you what. I will say this. Man, is this a time to be playing professional football in terms of compensation. Now, you know, and I'm not, you know, I'm not a type of guy. I'm not upset with the type of dollars that these guys are getting. Well, but I think re- you would be when, when all these, uh, just the other day with one of these players from the Cardinals went to the Jets for $20 million guaranteed, I figured you'd be really upset. No, I'm not upset. I'm happy that the players are getting the money. I'm just, you know, I'm like Charles Barkley. I'm mad at my mom and dad. They had me too early. You know, I'm just, <laughs> Way I'm, before just your time. I'm happy for these guys. But I remember <laughs> there were some players in my generation, and I mean, I, I'm of a generation that's different than this generation, obviously, by a couple decades. But I remember when Herschel Walker, when Herschel Walker got a million dollars, I remember people in this country were upset because mm-hmm. Herschel Walker was, first of all, he was leaving school to go get a million dollars. And I'm like, first of all, hold on, people. It's a million dollars, okay? It's a million dollars, you know? And, but they were so upset that he was going to leave the university and go get a million dollars. First of all, a million dollars then, and even to me now, is a lot of money. A lot but, of money. When did Herschel Walker get that money? What year that was, was like in 1985. That's the point I'm trying to make. It was like in 1985. Now, in 1985, let's say 20 years before that, 65, Jim Brown probably was making $100,000, which means Herschel Walker got like 10 times the amount of money that Jim Brown had gotten. Now, that's just, again, that's over two decades. Apart. Yeah, but see, see here with this Calvin Pace, this guy from uh, Arizona, and he went over to the Jets. They, no, they, Calvin Pace, that's chump change. Uh, no, 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 no. Hold on, fan man. Chump what? change. I'm talking $100 million. I'm, I'm not talking, you know, I'm talking Big Ben is getting $100 million. Well, I didn't even get to him yet. <laughs> See, that's not, I'm not talking about the chump change. You're still talking about the million dollars. I'm talking about chump <laughs> change. I'm talking about $20 million in signing <laughs> bonuses with a $42 million package, not $100 million. I was working my way up the line. Oh, no, man. I don't want to, I don't want to deal with that because <laughs> I know where you're going to go with that anyway. And I figure we talk about that later because you again, are, I know you're going to tell everybody, here we go again with these whatever kind of birds you call them who don't want to win because they don't want to spend the money. But I just want to take a look at it. That's exactly I think, where I was going. And we'll get there. But look <laughs> at this, man. Look at this. I mean, this is the kind of money that is in professional sports. And I, I'm happy for these young men because, as a matter of fact, I, just the other day in the studios here, you know, Kevin Jones was in the studios. And, and, and he was in here and he was, uh, he was taping something, uh, uh-huh. an interview. And he was taping the interview because they wanted an update on his injury. Now, you know, why am I happy for, you know, the $100 million man, Big Ben? 
because of the fact when somebody like Kevin gets injured, what are they doing? Well, the Detroit Lions are out there looking at uh, other running backs because he may be damaged goods. And if he's damaged mm-hmm. goods, you, you know, you can't help us anymore. So I, I'm happy for the players to get the money because when you can't play for the National Football League anymore, you can't perform your duties, then they throw you out to the green pastures and goodbye. I mean, I mean, I mean you know, when you go back to the Pittsburgh quarterback, back to back to Ben, he's proven himself. But some of these players have not really proven themselves. Some of these players haven't played a lot of games, and they're demanding this kind of money, right, and getting this kind of money. I mean, so what is the, what are these teams up to? What's going on? Well, that's the way the system is set up. The system is set up that you, you prove yourself in your internship of which you perform that at the college level and mm-hmm. you don't get paid for that. But that is an internship for the National Football League. And based upon your performance in your internship, then you'll get paid all this big money. But Big Ben got his money from coming into the league, you know, and he was a first-round draft pick anyway. And, and they just re-upped him and gave him all this other money. And they guaranteed it. And I, but I'm not upset. I'm just I'm, I'm just uh, you know man. I wish I was a little kid so I could be playing football, knowing that there's a potential for me. If the guys aren't earning a hundred million dollars now, what are the kids going to earn twenty years from now? Twenty years from now, oh, probably uh, triple, double, or tri- double, triple, or quadruple what they're earning now. Well, well, uh, Big Ben. I mean, they they've quadrupled what we used to make back then. In fact, that's a hundred times more. A hundred uh, times more. I wonder uh, if they had that contract that he couldn't ride a motorcycle. I, well, I, be- <laughs> I bet you that's in there. And, and, I get you, no and guess what? I no, bet you this. Uh, no uh, uh, no uh, batting your head against the wall. Hey, unlike last time, I bet you he will adhere to what's in the contract this time. But listen, yeah. I'm going to adhere to this music, and I think this music tells me we got to go to a break. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network with the number one co-host in the world in California. But I'm in the desert. We'll be right back. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move oh, on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spies are especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. In the great scheme of things, a minute isn't all that much, unless you happen to have a stroke. All of a sudden, those minutes count. Minutes that could mean losing your ability to talk, move, or walk. Which is why, if you can get help in time, your stroke can be treated. The warning signs of a stroke include sudden numbness or weakness of the face. If you experience this, call 911 immediately. 
Visit strokeassociation.org or call 1-888-4-STROKE-TODAY. A public service announcement from the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's a tough shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want you to stay. I want you to stay. I never want you to go away. Hey, you're listening to Real Sports on the Voice America Network. You know, I didn't know I could rhyme. You know, I guess I can rap a little bit. But listen, I'm rapping with my man, Fan Man. Hey, everybody. I'm yeah. in California. Fan Man's out there in California, you know. But this is what we do. We have the ability. This is modern-day technology. And by the way, speaking of modern-day technology, hey, Fan Man, I, uh, you know what? I beat Oprah. We beat Oprah. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, we beat Oprah. You know, Oprah. You know, Oprah had this thing. You know, on on the web, and she broadcast to the world, and she told everybody, you know, that she was going to do a live webcast, and the fact that uh, you know it was going to be a record breaking thing. But the only record record breaking thing she did before we did is, I guess, she had. A half a million people listen to her at one time, you know. But listen, <laughs> we've been doing this live webcast for you people to listen to, and we thank you so much for listening to us. But you continue to listen to us, and we'll continue to beat Oprah. And when you listen to our rebroadcast, it will be streaming, and it will not be buffering. And you will enjoy that right here on the Voice American Network, and you're listening to Real Sports with the number one co-host in the world. Man, man, and listen, right, you co- sound like a computer nerd. Hey, man, I'm trying, man. You know, it's it's amazing <laughs> what you can learn overnight. <laughs> you are but listen, getting there, my man. Hey, listen, if anybody anyway. wants to call us, you can call us at 866-472-5788. Again, it's uh, 866-472-5788. But uh, listen, uh, now I'm going to give you a chance. Go ahead, fan man, because I know, you know, they've been spinning you around for a long time. But you mentioned there was something going on here. One of ball players. You know, here in the Valley, and again, they didn't sign him. So go ahead, tell me a little bit about that. Well, you know, his name is Calvin Pace, and, and good old Calvin here, uh, he agreed to uh, terms with the Jets on a six-year deal worth $42 million, including a $20 million signing bonus, right, according to uh, ESPN and a bunch of other people. Well, he, only well, spent the, he spent the first five seasons with the Cardinals, and he visited with Miami and the Jets. Uh, the Jets uh, decided, well, let's, uh, let's take a shot at this guy. And uh, the contract is staggering, considering uh, Pace only started six games in the in, in the uh, in, in the uh, three seasons before last year. So he hasn't played that many games, and he became a starter last year after uh, Chiki Okudafer was injured in the preseason. I remember that. But there was a lot of people calling for his head during the season, as you remember. And I think that the Jets um, basically got a bad deal on this whole thing. Myself. Well, that's, that's interesting. Feeling. You think he got a bad deal? Because I don't think they got a bad deal. I I think the kid played pretty good football. I think he's got a great upside. And I I thought you were gonna, you know, I thought you were gonna beat the Cardinals up for getting, you know, letting them go. Yeah, because you know, again, you know what? Hey, the bottom line is, Ray. You know, this guy couldn't crack the Cardinals' starting lineup until last year. Wow. So what? This okay. Is Jets, this is why the Jets always suck. I mean, I can't believe they're paying this that kind of money to this <laughs> this type of player. I mean, that's a lot of money. I would say I would say to Calvin Pace, hey, you know what? 
you're a decent player, but you're not worth twenty million bucks guaranteed. What? You might be worth five million guaranteed. You prove it. See what you can do. But based on the way, he might. Who's his agent? I'm going to get him. Him as an agent. Well, he his agent did a great job for him. But uh, you know, I think the guy got a, he's got a tremendous amount of upside, and we'll see what happens. But we got yeah, but Jeff we with never us saw, now. Wait, wait, we never saw the upside on the Cardinals, and the Cardinals let him go. I mean, does he have that much upside? The Cardinals, and then here we are back to the fans screaming and yelling. A lot of the fans say goodbye, Calvin. Good luck. Well, you know they, what happens when guys leave the Cardinals. They always tend to go someplace else and play a lot better. So we'll, we'll see what happens. They've been doing that for the past 10, 15 years. <laughs> it's been going on. There you go. Hey, Jeff, you there with you know, us? You sound, like a, you sound like a Tweety Bird hater now. No, I, I'm not hating. I'm just I'm uh, just waiting on Jeff. Jeff, you with us? I'm here, guys. What's going on? Oh, hey, man, I got, I got fan, man. He's down in California. You know, so I, He negotiated a great deal. I want to know who his agent is so I can get that deal <laughs> he's got. He's somewhere. <laughs> yeah, he, seriously. Can you give me how out of Philly? Good. How you guys doing? How you doing, Jeff? I'm awesome. How are you guys doing? Great, guys? great. So, uh, Jeff, you know, we've been we talked just a little bit about, I mean, the air of the, you know, $100 million, you know, football player now. I mean, there's been, uh, they put that salary cap in place, and I think that salary cap for basketball players might be close to $80 million, but it could be $100 million. But uh, what's the difference? You know, $80, $100, whatever. <laughs> but, you know, football has now reached a $100 million man, you know, and, boy, this is happening you know, right before our eyes, we've seen a generation, we've been around, we've seen ball for the couple of last decades here, and the, the dollars are just mind-boggling. But these teams, I remember when Leonard Toast sold his team to Norman Brayman for $65 million. Norman Brayman turns around and sells that team, you know, less than 10 years later, and he sells it for $185 million, you know, and, uh, you know, I'm thinking, wow, you know, in that short a period of time. And now that team is worth three-quarters of a billion dollars, if not more than that. And now we got players that are, you know, making a hundred times, uh, you know, a million dollars of what Herschel Walker got, you know, in 1985, man. Wow, you what's know, happening you know with the what, money? Ray, it's just amazing that Calvin Pace with this deal with the Jets with a $40 <laughs> million dollar guaranteed Pace. contract could almost buy the Philadelphia Eagles <laughs> or put a down payment down. <laughs> I mean, one player could put a down payment on an NFL franchise. Well, you know, listen, that's just where it's going today, Jeff. Is there any chance anybody back there on the East Coast is going to get that kind of money? Uh, the $100 million, I mean, besides, I mean, maybe maybe we, Big Ben took it all. Maybe there's no more money left on the East Coast. Maybe Ben's got <laughs> yeah, it all. I was, I was going to say the scary part is, right? I mean, this is, is this maybe the tip of the iceberg? I mean, salaries go up every year, and uh, the, the, the entire CBA allows for the yeah, salary cap to go up every year. So I mean, as long as the salary cap number keeps going up, then the prices and the players are going to keep going up. Well, I think that's. I think one thing for sure is, and I think Gene has come out and said one thing. They, they, I think they're asking for some concessions, and the players' association. I don't think they're going to do that. But I, I think I've heard something where they're asking for some concessions in terms of you know the salary cap room. Really. Uh, yeah. On whose side? Like the players, the on the players player? Oh, yeah, on the player's the side. Order. Yeah, on the player's side. I think they think the well, players are getting too much in terms of the yeah, percentage you, of gross revenues. You know how the NFL works, though. It's a you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours uh, situation. So if the players have to make some concessions, the owners might have to. So I know we've talked about, I mean, I'm sure you've talked about how Jerry Jones has said the owners might opt out of the CBA the way it is in 09. Right. I think if you want to keep some harmony, the concessions the owners might have to make is to scrap that franchise tag that all the players hate so you know the players might say all right we'll come down off making all this money but you stop putting the franchise tag on us so obviously it's going to be a two-way street 
Yeah, but you know that it's interesting you mentioned that franchise tag. But if I'm not mistaken, the franchise tag can only be put on maybe one or two well, players it's at only a time. One player. Yeah, only one player. Yeah, but it's always it's 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 one player every year, and it's usually a different player. So this year you had twelve guys being on. Next year it could be fifteen or twenty. The, the you know teams have gotten smarter in using it, and players don't like it. So. Yeah, I know. I know Briggs didn't like it when it was put on him last year, and then he's got uh, the the benefits of playing a decent year. I think he, you know, he was, you know, got a pretty good deal. And Asante right. Samuel, who's coming in there to Philadelphia, what, what were the numbers on him for the, uh, the the one he just signed? Yeah, fifty four, six year, fifty four million. <laughs> wow, and he yeah. played and he played last year. What under ten? Oh yeah, definitely. I think it was at the uh, the highest pay point. I think it was around the six million dollar mark. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I get yeah, hey, Jeff, let me ask you, hey Jeff, let me ask you a question. Wasn't there some type of trade deal going on between the Eagles and the Cardinals? And the Cardinals um, down? There are reports floating, fan man, that the the Eagles are saying, "Hey, look, we've got Lito Shepard available. We've got some draft picks. Uh, you know, if, if this Larry Johnson, uh, Larry Fitzgerald thing doesn't work out with the Cardinals, right. you know, give us a call because." The Eagles do that. They're not the type of team that say, hey, we'll specifically give you this and this because they don't want to use the use for leverage. They'll just say, hey, this is what we've got. Give us a call. You know what we want. We know what you want. You know, call us up when you're ready. So, well, well, you, know, think that would, you think that would be a good move for the Eagles to, to take the oh, ab- Absolutely. Because it doesn't look, it looks like Lito Shepard wouldn't be happy here, um, especially knowing he's not the highest paid cornerback on the team or, or taking a, uh, a reserve role because Andy already. Santa Samuel is starting left cornerback. So mm-hmm. uh, if you can package Lido and a draft pick or something, then to get yourself a receiver of Larry Fitzgerald's echelon, Caliber, you've yeah. done, done pretty well. Yeah, I, you know, I just find it hard to believe that, you know, that the Cardinals would want to give up Fitzgerald. I mean, Antoine Bolden last year, he was banged up a little bit, you know, and so why are you going to give up? I mean, I mean, a monster of a receiver. I mean, other than T.O., Oh, yeah. come on, man. Why are you why are you gonna get you know, why are you gonna give well, him up? There's no receivers like that in the league now. Yeah, I don't think they want to. It's just a, a question of all that money that they that they owe him and that they're trying to restructure his deal and other people's deals so they can pay him and you have one person crippling your cap. Um I, I really think they're gonna do everything they can to retain him because that's what Rod Graves has said they're gonna do, but you know, hey, Ray, they, that's, that's the reason they got point. rid of hey, Ray, that's yeah. the reason they got rid of Calvin Pace. They had to make room to sign Fitzgerald. They had to get rid of that's him. That's a good point. That's that's a very good point. And, well, they, and, they, well, and they lucked out, and, got, and the Jets got a sucky deal by getting Pace, and uh, $20 million bucks is good for Pace, but I think that's the way it's going to come down. Well, no, they don't have to sign Fitzgerald. Fitzgerald is already in a deal. He's just got no, some no, incentives no. that kicked in. negotiating the deal. He wants more money, so they, maybe right. the Cardinals couldn't afford it. They got rid of Pace to open up some free money. Well, he's already got money in his deal that an incentive kicked in because of his performance on the field. So mm-hmm. I, I think that money, I, I, if you're talking about perhaps maybe extending his deal, then that might be an issue. But, uh, you know, he's already wrapped up, I think, for another year or two. It's two years. And what it is is he's wrapped up, but he's wrapped up for, I think, 14 next year and then 20 the year after. Something so yeah, it's like 34, 35 mil, now. yeah. So what they're trying to do is restructure it where they might give him uh, a good chunk, you know, chunk of money for the first two years up front and then kind of, you know, have lower base salary than, than what he might pay them, $14 million. So they're just trying to make it more cost-efficient. Right. Yeah, you know well, I, I, you know, one thing about it, you know, again, this is where this is where the the game turns into a business, and and the average fan out there really doesn't understand that. But obviously now mm-hmm. the players have got some agents that they're working with, and they understand that. And listen, I'm a guy who's played the game, and I and I would say to a player, perhaps maybe, yeah, it's my money, give it to me, you know, let me do what I need to do with it. 
But, mm-hmm. you know, as long as it's guaranteed and you're going to get it, you know, and you're going to, you know, live some years, you know, you could take it down the road a few years. But, uh, you know, don't give it up. I mean, you don't give it back to them. Of course, if you want to restructure it, that's fine. But right. I, I'm just happy. I'm, I'm happy the game has, uh, you know, continued to prosper the way it is. The owners, mm-hmm. hey, I always tell people this. There are no fire sales. The owners are not hurt. Nobody's trying to get rid of their team. You know, there's nobody who's put their team in the ranch up, you know, because they can't afford to be in this game. This is a prospering game. I hope they, you know, are able to come to an agreement because the fans will turn on you, you know. So you, you don't want to say, okay, these, all these multi-billionaires and millionaires are fighting over all this money of which the fans are the ones that's putting it out. So I hope whatever the differences are when they come to money, I hope they certainly could do that. But when it comes to talent on the field, guys, you know, I think the Cardinals are missing a couple pieces, and I, I, I think they need to make that happen. They need to find those players. Well, are talking about missing pieces? They just signed uh, uh, the uh, they signed uh, LeBoy from um, Travis LeBoy. They got him as an outside linebacker and defensive end. Yeah, yeah, but I, yeah, but yeah, but I, you know, I still think there's a couple other pieces they got. Uh, speaking of that, pieces. Uh, okay, I, I got to break this up right now, guys, and we got to take a break because they're playing that music. You listen to Rail Sports on the Voice America Network with the number one co-host in the world, yeah, and we got Jeff with us, and we'll be right back after these messages. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. If you love sports and like food, or like sports and love food, or are anywhere in between, Sports Bites might just become one of your favorite ways to spend your lunch break. Broadcasting Thursdays at 12 o'clock noon on the West Coast, it's Sports Bites with Chef Di, a delicious, enlightening, and entertaining mix of sports, food, and celebrity athletes. Yummy. Don't miss Sports Bites with Chef Di, Thursdays at noon on the Voice America Sports Channel. to the pros we we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports 
listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network with the number one co-host in the world. Fan man. And fan man, as I said, out there in California having a good time. You know, before we went to that break, we talked a little bit about the Cardinals. And, you know, from my perspective, I think the Cardinals need help on the defensive side of the ball. They definitely got to upgrade their corners. You know, I'm just tired of those guys getting beat all the time. I think they need to upgrade that free safety position. They got one of the best strong safeties that ever played the game. So they're fine there. And, uh, you know, when you look on the offensive side, I said it last year, they need a running back. So, that, you know, that's what I see. And then, and, and then last but not least, they've got to get some consistent performance from the quarterback position. Who is that well, going to be? That is going to be a big stink this coming year, and they're going to put good old Matty boy, Hollywood Matt, in there. Uh, and uh, we're going to see what happens. But, I, Ray, I agree with you. The defense has to be shored up. And you came in last year very positive about the team, and I came in very negative. And I think this year uh, they're going to do something if they get the right free agents in. And they started with LeBoy from uh, the Titans. I think that might help out quite a bit there. We'll see what happens. Well, uh, let, let's kind of go around the league. And, uh, you know, Jeff, I think you, you, you might have been paying attention a little bit to what's happening in Miami. It seems like uh, they've been pretty busy in free agency. Who else do you think has been real busy out there in free agency in the offseason here? Hey, Jeff, you with us? Yeah, I'm yeah, sorry, Jeff. Yeah. You got to get me on there. Are you in my now? <laughs> yeah, I think, hey, yeah, Jeff, yeah, Jeff's here. Okay, Jeff, let me ask that question again in case. Uh, no, I, oh, okay, go ahead. I heard you, though. Okay, you heard? Okay, go ahead. Tell me who you think. Yeah, what I, I was going to say, the Jets have been just reckless almost in free agency, going after everybody they can get. Uh, they, they, well, not just free agency, but through also the trade. I mean, they brought in, uh, like you mentioned, they brought in the pace kid, but they also traded for Chris Jenkins. Uh, they also acquired through it, the signing was uh two-time All-Pro guard Alan Manica. So they're making a lot of moves. And uh, specifically to address their line, you start to look at that left side of the line now. they got a pretty good center in Nick Mangold. They just added Alan Panica for left guard. And then their left tackle is Brigashaw Ferguson, their number one pick from two years ago. So looks like they are, you know, Eric Mangini's got that inside-out philosophy of starting with the offensive-defensive line. Well, the, you know, the Jets, uh, they will continue their battles with, with, with the Patriots. You think they're ready to unseat right. the Patriots? Well, I mean, it, uh, you know, just like you guys out in Arizona, it's all going to come down to who's their quarterback, and, and they really lack a lot of exposure at the running back and wide receiver position right now. Um, so uh, that's going to have to be something they address in the draft. But I think as far as their offensive line getting better and defensive line getting better, I think they have. And they re-signed, and they, they re-signed Randy Moss to a $27 million deal. Oh, you're no, talking about, well, you're talking about England, Patriots. Yeah, New England, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, well. Yeah, well, you know, I think that for Randy, I, you know, I don't think it was going to do him any good to go into the free agency market again. I think I just think in terms of, uh, you know, just his career, you know, I think he needs to have some stability. And I think he needs to go out, you know, on, on a high note. And I, and I think that, uh, you know, that season he had last year that, that him and uh, Brady was able to put together. I mean, why break that up? You know, uh, yeah, why walk away from that? You're absolutely yeah, right. you know, and uh, other than the fact that, it, you know, you're playing in a you know, cold weather city. Uh, I'm sure everything else was uh, pretty good for him. But we got a call on the line. Hey, Joe, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you doing, Ray? Good. Not bad at all. So, uh, Joe, you're from Phoenix. You want to uh, chime in about the Cardinals, or what do you got there? I was just wondering uh, if anybody had an idea of, like, as far as draft pick, where they were going to go, if they were still going to go with corner or or whatnot, or, you know, Fanman already touched on the whole Lito Shepard thing. I was wondering if Jeff had any more info on that, and he kind of touched base on that already, so. Well, you know, one thing about it, it, you know, you know, it seems as if we've we've gone to that uh, uh, we've gone to that uh, team once before, and that team being the Eagles in terms of you know 
trying to raid them of their secondary. And, uh, you know, if uh, Lido, I, you know, I think Lido, uh, you know, I'm not sure if he's, if his best years are ahead of him or if they're behind him. And I think they're behind him. You know, I, mm. I, I'm, I'm just not sure. To, if I'm going to go for a corner, I'm going to go in a draft and get a corner. Although the kid out of Kansas, uh, I wasn't real, I wasn't impressed with him as much as I was before the draft. When I saw him, I mean, the combine, when I saw him in the combine, uh, I wasn't as impressed with that kid as I was earlier before that. Well, Jeff, what, you, you see anything, Jeff? Best year to, I was going to say, as far as I can tell, this is not the best year to get a cornerback really high. No. Whereas usually you get five or six or seven even. I think last year there were seven quarterbacks in the first round. Yeah. Uh, you're really talking about three first rounders this year. And like you said, Talib has his uh, flaws. And the other two were uh, Leotis McKelvin and, and Amini uh, Cromartie Rogers or Rogers Cromartie. But after yeah. that, it's kind of a, a slim... Well, I heard a little bit. Of, what do you think about the kid Mike Jenkins? Uh, what do you, do you oh, think? I'm sorry. I forgot to mention Mike Jenkins. He's actually uh, considered a high first-round guy. Yeah, he's a, he's a good one. Yeah, so, but, but I, you know, I, I don't know. If I'm, if I'm going to go with a corner, I'd just go young. You know, I, I just would get one of those young guys in there. All those guys, I think they had tremendous 40 times at the Combine, you know. Uh, I think in terms of just playing corner in the NFL – it's it's yeah. a little different than you know playing it uh, you know in college football and so technique wise they've got some things they got to work on but uh, now, certainly are you we're knocking gonna... my boy Rod Hood over there right? <laughs> well you, you know he went to the Eagles once. I mean hey, he's not a terrible player. But they knocked him out. He's gone. They're done with him. He, no, they let no, him go. No, you said that. I, I, I look. He's still with the Cardinals. Well, you he's know what? Finals, right? I got a re- I got a report that Rod was out. Man, they were gonna you know I I'm gonna tell you what I told you guys last year. I thought Rod was consistently inconsistent. He'd have a Absolutely. good game, then he'd have a bad game. A good game, but a right, bad game. He was consistently consistent when he was with the Eagles. He played well. No, when he was with the Eagles, no. I'm going to well, tell you, see, one I, thing about I, the yeah, Eagles. his last year he was a little up and down, but that's because the coaches weren't, they knew he wasn't going to resign, and they stopped playing him. Well, so the Eagles. There was, there was a little bit of politicking going on there, more than talent. Yeah, well, one thing about the Eagles, the Eagles have been known, and I mean, guys, believe me, it has nothing to do with me, but the Eagles have been known to have to put together some very good secondaries. And, you know, you got Al Harris, who got, you know, against the Giants, you know, he got a hand it to him in that particular game. But, you know, Al Harris and all those guys who were a part of an Eagles secondary, they were just producing secondary after secondary after secondary. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they had great players there. But, you know, I, I thought Rod Hood, again, it could be that Rod came in for a year. Maybe he plays better this year. But I can tell you this. One thing that helps a cornerback play better is right, the help yeah. of his free safety. And I, and we don't have oh, a that, good yeah. free safety. You know, until we get a good free safety, I might even, you know, I might even put Adrian Wilson back there at free safety. You know, because I'll well, tell you what. Adrian Wilson was hurt last year. That's why it hurt him in the, in the secondary. Yeah, but Adrian was playing the strong safety. The free safety and the strong safety is a little different. When okay. you got that guy back there roaming free, see, you can put the strong safety and get him tied up on one side of the field, and he can't roam the entire field. But when you got him back there at free safety, he can change the whole complex of a ball game. And, I, hey, I wouldn't be surprised if they if they put him back there. But, uh you know, I'll see what they do. I, I just, I don't know if, if uh, you know, Rod may be the answer. He may not be. But to go out and bring in two other guys now, another guy from the Eagles, and put him into our secondary, I don't know if that's going to be the answer. Well, you know, there's been a lot of, there's been a lot of, been a lot of player movement. Michael Turner running back to the Atlanta Falcons. Derek Anderson, the quarterback, got back to the Browns. Dante Stallworth is now over at the Browns, wide receiver. Uh, there's a, there's a t- Jerry Porter down to the Jaguars. And um, one of the players that really uh, was, um, Surprising to me was uh, Josh McCowan, the Dolphins signed him to uh, to a two year six point two five million dollar contract, and he well, played for the uh, he played for the Cardinals at one time. 
You know, I don't know what that's all about. I mean, he's not their answer. I mean, believe me, Atlanta needs a quarterback, and I don't think it's Josh. You know, Jeff, you got any input with that? I think Miami just needed to get itself a veteran quarterback to have. uh, Not a veteran. Well, yeah, kind of a veteran guy uh, to back up whoever they're going to uh, make their starter. I I don't think they signed the count with the idea that he's coming in the – take over that number one job. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I meant to say Miami. I, did, I, didn't, I didn't mean to say. Well, it uh, says you know, that they're, they're indicating that he would be the number two quarterback behind John Pack. Well, uh, well, well everybody th- needs a reliable veteran behind him, you know. Right, that's exactly right. Well, Jeff, what do, you, what do you see down the road here in the next couple of weeks? Any, any blockbuster movements? You well, you know, happening? you still got Javon Walker out there. And um, it, it, depending on what you read, there's either a mild amount of interest or a pretty good amount of interest in him. I personally still think there is some interest on the Eagles side in acquiring him. Uh, there's probably some interest on the Cowboys side also. So uh, he's kind of the, 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 the guy that's flying under the radar because of his, his, I guess, his concerns about his knee and maybe how his attitude is perceived. But no, there's no doubt that when he's on the field and playing, he's, he's a difference maker. Hey, Jeff, I, I mentioned before you got on, uh, you know, you joined us, uh, you know, Kevin Jones was in our studios the other day, and uh, it looks like the Detroit is uh, looking at another Jones down there out of Dallas. Uh, you, you think there's going to be any movement with him? Uh, I, I, I would think so, yeah, especially if uh, the Cowboys are intent on trading up and trying to get Darren McFadden, uh, and, you know, it looks like they're going to keep Marion Barber. So I would see Julius on the move somewhere, but, you know, it could be Detroit, could be a bunch of other places. Um one thing I know is that uh, through talking to an agent today, it's not, not the agent of Roy Williams, but a different agent told me that Roy Williams will be on the shopping block for Detroit. So keep an eye out to see where Roy uh, might be headed. Wow. Well, that, that I mean, Roy, that could be another receiver. I mean, again, Donovan's looking for some receivers here. I could be. He is. Perhaps. I mean, keep your eyes on the Eagles. They are definitely trying to hit that home run. They're trying to get Larry if they can get Larry. If not, they're, they're going to try to get Roy. They might try to look at Javon. Uh, I would you know, Jeff, look at that connection with Donovan McNabb and Fitzgerald. That'd be, that'd be phenomenal. Well, it would be really phenomenal, and not, not only because Larry's a great receiver in general, but because the one real area the Eagles struggled in last year was a red zone offense, and they really lacked uh, a big physical receiver. And that's not a knock on Kevin Curtis or Andrew Brown. It's just that they're smaller guys. So, uh, you know, Larry would really help in that regard, too. Okay, so based upon what's happening in free agency, uh, you know, and the players that, that have been moving around the league and what's going to happen with the draft, uh, what team do you think next year to come out of all this stuff in the offseason, in the draft? Who do you think will surprise people and, and be a surprise next year in terms of their success next year, Jeff, based upon what's happening in the offseason and what they might do in the draft? Well, uh, good question. Uh, you know, I think that right now the Jets are, are in a position of surprise just because of all the acquisitions they've made already and the fact that they've got a pretty high pick. I think they have a sixth overall pick in the draft. So, uh, you know, they can address their lack of explosion on offense right now, get pick up maybe a, uh, a running back or receiver there, or even trade and, and get a few players. So I think that they're, they made a bunch of good moves to set themselves up to have a pretty big turnaround for having a far-away season last year. Hey and, man, the Browns, what, what, and the Browns, uh, yeah, I, uh, Ray. Got yeah, all the, with, with the, the moves the Browns have made. I was going to ask Fan Man to have, uh, you know, to, to – his opinion about that as well, but I was going to throw something in there for the Browns. But go ahead, fam, man. What do you think? What do I think about what? About uh, the offseason. Uh, <laughs> you know, people making some moves, you know, and then also the drafts coming up here, you know. Who do you think is going to surface uh, to the top of the uh, the number I really, one position? I really don't know. There's too much moving around and too much money. I really don't know what, what's going to happen. The draft has a lot to do with it. So apparently a lot of the coaches, you know, have come back from the combine 
they're selecting these uh, free agent uh, guys to come in and who they're going to pick and how this is all going to tie together. That's what I'm looking at. So it's kind of hard to kind of hard to discuss at this point. Uh, I, I don't even know. I mean, you got Larry Fitzgerald up in the air. They just got rid of Pace from the Cardinals over to the Jets. There's a lot of action, activity going on. In fact, Greasy just got released from Chicago. And uh, Brian Greasy? Oh, uh, yeah. Well, you know, I, I think... You know, I think Brian's days are, are behind him. He's definitely going to be a backup wherever he goes. But he's going, uh, he's going, he's going to Tampa. They released him to Tampa. Yeah. Well, listen, uh, we got to take another uh, I break. I don't know what's going on with all these breaks, right? man. We keep breaking, breaking, breaking. But we'll be right back after this break. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network with the number one co-host. And we'll be right back after these messages. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Wake up and Jack. He'll get you right to your head. JackLaLane.com presents Jack LaLane Live on the Voice America Health and Wellness Radio Network. Each week, Jack is joined by Elaine LaLane and his nephew, bodybuilder, kinesiologist, and personal trainer, Chris LaLane, to answer your questions and help you overcome your fitness roadblocks. That's three times the diet and fitness know-how. Three times the entertainment. Tune in every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific to Jack LaLane Live on the Voice America Health and Wellness Radio Network. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins next week, I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move oh, on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. Okay, we got some music, so that means we're back. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network with the number one co-host in the world. Amen. And I apologize. I think a little bit like Oprah yesterday, even though I said we beat her, I think we're breaking up a little bit too. So I want to apologize to those listeners out there that uh, that we are breaking up a little bit there. But, uh, hey, listen, guys, I, I asked you guys something before we went to break about, you know, who you think is going to come through this thing and surprise everybody. Uh, and I kind of want to look at the thing from, you know, upside down, you know, look at it from the bottom in terms of who's going to be drafting last, you know, and obviously the Giants because they won the Super Bowl and and it looked like, you know, the, the Patriots should be there. But the Packers, uh, 
uh, you know, they got that picked down there. But listen, when you look at the bottom in terms of the drafting order, and you go to, you got uh, the Giants, you got Green Bay, you got San Francisco, you got Dallas, you got San Diego, you got Jacksonville, you got Seattle, Tennessee, Pittsburgh, and then the Cowboys. The reason why I ask that because the further down you are in the draft, that means the better you did this past year. So, I mean, do you guys see any of those bottom ten? You know, I'm talking about the Dallas is down there twice because they got a couple picks. But you got San Diego, you got San Francisco, you got uh, Jacksonville, you got Tennessee, you got Pittsburgh. Are those the teams that we can expect to perhaps maybe win the Super Bowl next year? Somebody from those bottom ten. Well, man, or Jeff, you go ahead. Go ahead, Jeff. I was going to say I really like the move Jacksonville made to get uh, a little bit better uh, on offense because that was kind of a pain of it for them. They got they got a pretty good weapon in Jerry Porter, and that's, that's going to give uh, David Garrard a threat. And they all already have a pretty good defense. They made some moves there too, so uh, that could be one of those teams that gives a real you know real serious threat. Now let me ask you, Jeff. If I'm not mistaken, I, I, Porter's moved around here a few years, a few times here in the last few years too, hasn't he? Uh, he was with Oakland for a while, I thought, actually. Um, I, I know he had some problems there. It seems like every receiver has some problems fitting into a, you know, whatever type of offense they've been trying to instill and run for the last decade. But, uh, you know, when he's healthy, he's a good player. So, you know, kind of like the John Walker thing. When he's healthy, he really makes, makes an impact. So, and he sounds healthy and, and ready to start new in Jacksonville. Well, uh, certainly, you know, Jacksonville, you know, watching those guys, I think they, you know, they were a solid playoff team. They look like they might be a player or two away. And, uh, you know, perhaps maybe they did help themselves. But I, I think they might need a little bit more speed at that wide receiver position. But uh, Well, that, I thought that was that was Porter's claim, that he was a deep threat, speedy guy. Yeah, but I don't, I, you know, I, I tell you what, if I'm lining up in front of Jerry Porter right now, you know, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm not that concerned You're not about afraid. Beg your pardon? You're not afraid? Yeah, not not anymore. You know, I, I okay. think a few years ago I was, but 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 not anymore. You know, it's almost like, yeah. uh, you know, I think Randy had to go out and, and, and prove himself because you're right. When Randy was over in in Oakland, you know, it's almost like you thought he lost what he had because you you didn't see it. But right. you know, he he came back to show you last year that, that it's still there. You know, and right. if, and I if I could see that out of Porter, you know, a couple flashes here and there, then that might be. I mean, because when Randy were beat, he was beating some people that the ball would be in the air, and Randy had not even got to the point where he had passed the defensive back. By the time the ball comes down, he's beyond the DB, you know, three, four, five yards. You know, I mean, that's some amazing speed, and uh, you know, and speed kills. So you know, I'm I'm just not seeing that right now in Porter, but perhaps maybe you know, again, he may get he may get new life. Right, right, hey, right. You know, Jeff, talking about this draft and talking about. Excuse me. The free agency, you know, just to name a few here from the Cardinals that the, 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 when the, the the Tweety Birds passed in in the draft because they were idiots. Basically, Brian Urlacher, Devin Hester, Terrell Suggs, Adrian Peterson, Ben Roethlisberger, Calvin Johnson, Marion Barber, and Demarcus Ware. I mean, they're just some of the names that the that the Cardinals passed on over the uh, last couple of years. Yeah, I, you, well, know, you know, a lot a lot of teams did though. I know Brian, the Eagles right. are taking taking a hit. Yeah, I was going to say that too, fam. And, you know, they weren't the, the only ones that passed up. But you're right. You know, they had opportunity to pick some of those players. Well, that's what and I'm saying. It's very so hard to determine who's going to pick who and where they're going to pick and how they're going to fit into the, to, into the, to the whole, you know, complex mess of things that a team has to go through to get the right players on the field and have them all work as a team. Well, that's one thing about it. I, you know, you have to sometimes you have to give credit where it's due, and, and front, the front office does play into this. And when I mentioned those bottom ten teams – you know, the Giants, Green Bay, Dallas, San Diego, Jacksonville, Seattle, Tennessee, Pittsburgh. 
I mean, they consistently, the past few years, they've been there. So they've been making some of the right moves in the offseason. Right. They've been making some of the right moves in the draft. But right. you got teams like, you know, like the Cardinals who haven't been able to do that. So they haven't been able to put together a nucleus from the draft and free agency. And I think they will with this new coach. I think they'll be able to do that. But the Eagles have done it. A lot of teams have done it. I mean, you know, Cardinals and a bunch of other teams have not been able to do that. And that's why they never get to the playoffs or the Super Bowl. Yeah, you know, I, I think those people out in Vegas, they, 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 they're been making a lot of money here lately, too, because, uh, you know, some of these teams that have been, uh, you know, perhaps maybe perceived as being winners, you know, they haven't been producing. And, and, and fans are, uh, many fans are loyal to their teams, and they'll continue to pick the losing teams, and Vegas is making out with all the money. I wonder if Vegas is making that $100 million that uh, Big Ben has got. <laughs> <laughs> I think Vegas has to make up for all the money they lost on the Super Bowl. <laughs> That's right. You know, I was reading and I was really upset because I did pick the Giants to win, as you guys know, and the rest of the fans out there on uh, on Ray's show and Ray Ellis Sports. For every, um, for every, uh, I think it was every one thousand dollars, you won ten thousand. Well, I, yeah, I, and I, I agree with you. You know, there were and Vegas there got were, screwed on that. Yeah, there were a lot of people that that uh, that picked the Patriots. You know, and and that that that's something that I'm I'm still not sure. If those people up in, you know, the Patriots, uh, you know, area have really gotten over the fact that they lost that game. I, I, I think well, that's that still... That was my next question, since you're talking about that. How, how are the Patriots going to feel, Jeff? And I want, I'd like to hear your side of it. Coming out uh-huh. next year, and have to get on that field and play, how's that going to... How's that going to help them, or is it going to really hurt them? Because they haven't got... Like Ray just said, they haven't gotten through this torture of losing. <laughs> yeah, this torture of losing for them. Losing once in the, out of four, the last four times, huh? Um... You know, I, I, <laughs> no, no, because they went. They were going for nineteen and zero, and they they got uh, embarrassed, totally embarrassed, and kicked in the ass on national yeah. on, on worldwide television. I mean, that's really embarrassing. Yeah, yeah, but I, I you know, does that stuff carry over? I, I have no idea. Well, you know, you know we I, haven't heard I, a I, word from anybody from the Patriots over the last six, seven weeks. We haven't heard a word a, from the coaches or anybody else. Every, everybody's like they all they're all in little holes and hiding. Yeah, well, they, you know, they always go about things in such business-like manners. I'm not surprised that we haven't really heard from them. I'm sure they already got Bill Belichick drawing up plans for how they're going to be, you know, he's growing up next can, year. Yeah, he's growing up. He's, he's starting to find, figure out how he can cheat next year so it isn't caught. <laughs> hey, 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 none of that, none of that, none of that, none of that. We don't have any well, cheaters. None of that. <laughs> well, it's just an open forum talking about football. Yeah, yeah but, 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 by but, the way, that they have the sixth overall pick. Not the sixth overall pick, but they do have a very high, uh, I think, the, they, the high, ninth they, overall pick. Oh, they do? Yeah, they had two wow. first rounders. They got the they got, they stole pretty much a, um, a pick from San Francisco in a deal a couple of years ago to get them a first round pick. So. Well, they're, they're, I like that word you used, stole. Hey, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, Jeff. But wait a second here. <laughs> Wasn't part of the penalty uh, for this? Uh, you know, for the Spygate, didn't they lose that pick? They lost their other one. They had two first round picks, a very high one, and then their normal okay. one, whichever was like twenty eight. Wow, I think, that's or good management. Yeah, so they lose the the late first round, but they still have the high first round pick. Um, yeah, you know, you know, it, it's one of those things. Listen, I, you know, I, I hope that they can come back and be very competitive next year because I listen. I like competitive football, and the last two games. I mean, even though they lost the Super Bowl, I think the last two games that they played against the Giants. You know, when they played them up in New York, and then when they played them in the Super Bowl, I, those were competitive football games, and people enjoy watching those games. You know, and and mm-hmm. so you want you want you know good football teams to remain good and you want the bad football teams to get better so that we can have good competitive football because uh nobody likes blowouts i mean nobody wants to continue to watch the miami dolphins and worried you know it's almost the last game of the season to wonder if they're going to win a football game or not yeah you know you're a good point right because i i think this went under the radar a little bit last year um but 
there was definitely a a very few teams that you consider elite, and especially in the NFC. And I don't know if you recognize it, but it just seemed like every week there were just awful, awful games on TV. And I wonder if that's something the NFL has to worry about as they continue to go into the future and look at competitive balance. I mean, there were just way too many, you know, San Francisco-St. Louis matchups and, uh, you know, too many five-win teams going up against four-win teams, you know, your Jets and Dolphins. I mean, there was, it was really hard to find a watch, more than one watchable game every week. Yeah, and I, I think that's something that, you know, we always talk about parity and hoping that, uh, you know, that talent is spread out throughout the entire league. But listen, uh, speaking of spread out, we're going to spread out of here, and we're going to come back next week. You've been listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network with the number one co-host in the world. Hey, man. And as always, we thank Jeff for being with us, and I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. to the pros we, we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports